Chapter 29, The Enemy Above, A Novel of World War II by Michael P. Spradling. They had the hand covering Anton's mouth smelled like dirt. It was all he could think of. Bubba let out a gasp and another hand snaked out of the darkness and enveloped her mouth as well. Anton had been so careful. How had the Gestapo find them? He fumbled at the blanket pack around his shoulder. The small hatchet he carried was secreted, secreted there. If he could get out, they might stand a chance of getting away. It had worked once before, after all. He thrashed and he squirmed, trying desperately to free himself. Close by, he saw his grandmother doing the same. She whacked at her assailant with her walking stick, and he could hear her muffled cries as she fought hard. Hold still, the voice behind him said. Anton, hold still. It took him a moment to realize that whoever held him knew his name, and then a moment longer to notice that the voice was speaking in Yiddish. How could this be? A Gestapo soldier would speak German or maybe Ukrainian. It must be a trick, he thought as he struggled harder to free himself. Anton, Anton, stop, the voice said. It's me, your Uncle Dmitri. Uncle Dmitri? Here? How? Anton could not believe it. Somehow the Germans had captured his friends and neighbors and tortured them into revealing the group's secret. Anton twisted his back, back and forth until he worked his mouth free, then bit down hard on the hand covering him. Ow! The voice behind him muttered, trying desperately to keep quiet. Anton, it is me. Stop it. The man released him, and when Anton turned around to his shock, he found his uncle Dimitri standing in front of him, his face lit by moonlight. Another man he recognized from the cave, Herman, released his grandmother. Dimitri shook his bitten hand, trying to make the pain go away. When did you learn to bite like a mule, he asked. Uncle Dimitri, Anton said. What are you doing here? Before he could get an answer, his grandmother crossed the distance between them and threw her arms around her son. Dimitri, oh my precious son, I thought I would never see you again. She cried tears of joy, her small bony shoulders shaking as Dimitri held her. He stroked her head. Muter, muter, he said softly. Mother, mother. How did you find us? Anton asked. We've been keeping watch, Herman said. The Gestapo had been through the area almost every night looking for stragglers. We'd been waiting until the Germans are not watching and gathering up those who do not know the way to the pre-scroto. Yes, Dimitri said. Sixteen of our original group is already there, plus three other families that we found running from the Gestapo. The rest? Well, we have no way of knowing what's become of them. Bubba and Dimitri had happened to Dimitri what? Bubba told Dimitri what had happened to them. When she told him the faith of Rinna and David, Dimitri grabbed her hand, and together they bowed their heads in prayer. When they finished, Dimitri placed his hand on his nephew's shoulder. You did well, Anton, he said. I owe you thanks for saving my mother. But she is right. You cannot take such a foolish chance in the future. You are brave, but bravery alone will not keep you alive. I think God smiles on you, for you are also lucky. The Gestapo is cunning. Word will get out about what you've done. They will not be so careless the next time. I understand, Uncle. It's just, I couldn't let them take Bubba away without doing something. It felt as if a hand of God was guiding me. Would Papa gone? His words trailed off. I know, lad, I know. Dimitri squeezed his shoulders. We have had much taken from us, yet here we are, alive, and it's God's wish that we stayed that way. You must remember that always. I will, uncle, I promise. Is everyone healthy, safe? 
Bubba asked. Yes, mother, Dimitri said. And there's someone waiting for you who you will be very, very happy to see. Pavel is with us. He got separated from his partisan militia when we found him. His short time with them was most productive. He's become very resourceful. But there will be a time to discuss all that later. Now we must make haste. They started off through the woods, following the riverbank. The night was cool, but sweat soon flowed down Anton's back and forehead as they took up a quick pace. Behind him, he could hear Bubba breathing hard. Uncle, he said. Bubba needs help. She can't keep up. From behind, Bubba whacked him on the hip with her walking stick. Grandsons should learn to tend to their own pastures. I'm fine, she said. No, mother. No, mother. Anton is right. Herman and I will find a way to carry you. Now you must rest. He removed the canteen from his belt. Stay here and drink. We will return shortly. Anton took the canteen, and then Dimitri and Herman disappeared into the darkness. Dimitri, where are you going? Bubba whispered. She received no answer. Anton could hear the man moving off into the darkness. Anton led Bubba to a fallen tree that she could sit on. He gave her a canteen, and she drank from it greedily. Sometimes Anton marveled at how strong she was. Bubba had raised her three boys, then taken over raising Anton when his mother had died. She worked the fields, tended the gardens, helped with harvest, cooked their meals, and kept the house. While Papa had left to join the Polish army, she had taken on his shares of the chores as well, and all of that had taken its toll. Though she would be loath to admit it, Bubba was growing old, but still she had the heart of a warrior. He remembered how she'd stood up to the Gestapo in the cave, how fiercely she had stood, how proudly she had bought time for the rest of the group, a collection of ragged stranglers, strangers who adopted her as family. He remembered the look in the major's eyes, the force of her will had taken him aback. It was inconceivable to him that an old woman was not afraid of him or his soldiers or his gun. It was the major who had been afraid. Later, when Bubba told him that Germany was losing the war, Anton had seen his fear again. Is Bubba right, he thought? Is that why the Major was so scared? Could this long, deadly war truly be coming to an end? And does that mean I might finally learn what happened to my father? His thoughts were interrupted by the return of his uncle and Herman. They carried two saplings with a cloth blanket wrapped around them, a makeshift stretcher. Hop aboard, Dimitri told his mother. I will not, Bubba said. Mother, there's no time, Dimitri said. I am fully capable of walking, she insisted. Bubba, Anton said. Please, Uncle Dimitri's right. We have a great distance to travel. We cannot delay. It will be daylight soon. For so long you have carried us, Bubba. Let us carry you. Bubba put her hands on Anton's cheeks. She brushed back the hair from his forehead and smiled. Your father was always able to talk me into the things I did not wish to do, but I will not put all of you in danger. Help your Bubba into this contraption and tell your uncle if he drops me, he will regret it. He's not too big to spank. The uncle is standing right here, Dimitri said, chuckling. Yes, you are, but you never listen. Anton is a good boy. He pays attention. Herman and Dimitri held the stretcher at each end and Anton helped Bubba settle into it. The men carried her through the trees and through it was harder to navigate with the long stretcher. They were making much better time. After a while, Anton glanced down at Bubba to find that she had gone to sleep. The sky was beginning to lighten in the east. How much further, Uncle Dimitri? Anton asked. Another kilometer, but we'll have to cross the river again, he said. Dimitri had fallen, 
had already found a shallow spot. He and Herman carried Bubba across the river without her waking. Anton followed along, and soon they were on the other side. Before long, the trees thinned out. They came to a grassy meadow. There was a large circular depression in the middle of it, of it that reminded Anton of the cave they had hidden in. Herman and Dmitri carried Bubba to an area in the center where three large boulders thrust out of the ground. Mutter, Dmitri whispered, we're here. She awoke slowly and Anton helped her off the stretcher already. She asked, yes, Mutter, this is it, the priest's grotto. Come, the entrance is well hidden. Herman tossed the sapling aside and gathered up the blanket. Dmitri led them to spot between the tree boulders. He pulled back a small hatch that had been covered with twigs and branches for camouflage. He lifted the hatch and flipped on his flashlight. They made their way down a gently sloping passageway into the gently sloping passageway into the slope steepened, and they had to take off. They had to take hold of a rope that had been strung along the tunnel to keep their footing. A few meters later, the ground leveled out again and opened into a large chamber. The priest's grotto was far bigger than the previous cave they had lived in. Inside, they were reunited with old friends and met new families. They had created a kitchen space, and some areas had been made into sleeping quarters. One of the tunnels led to an underground lake, Dimitri said, pointing to a passageway. There's plenty of fresh water. No need to risk going out at night to gather it. If we can build up our food stores, we'll scarcely need to venture outside at all. Anton looked around and took it all in. They had survived. His family felt almost whole again. And for now, this would be their home.